price for Friday, July 14th, 2023. We're coming to you from the Go Goat Sports Studio, built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center. If you're staying anywhere in downtown Vancouver, you want to stay right here. Matt alongside Lake Price, Grady Sass, hitting switches and conducting things. And this show is brought to you by the Applewood Auto Group. And I am a couple days in. To driving my new Infinity, yeah, sixty. I absolutely adored it. Uh, adore it. I took it up to Northlands yesterday. Here's the thing, Blake. So you know I'm a bigger fellow, six foot four and two hundred and. You finally have a car that fits you. I don't have to put the seat fully back. Yeah. Virtually every car I get into, the seat automatically has to go right far back as far as possible. I'm a long legs, big guy. Not this one. It is so spacious. And that's not even the full size. Like there's there's mm-hmm. the QX80 on top of that. Mm-hmm. That's just a it's a workable size. Anyways, we had a blast earlier this week heading out to Applewood Nissan Richmond, where you can get the 23 Sentra at eighty three dollars weekly, the 23 Kick sixty five dollars weekly, or how about the iconic Pathfinder three eighteen bi weekly? Because Blake Price, so good at Applewood. Bodog poll question today. We're asking you, should the Canucks be in on Tony D'Angelo? You can vote absolutely. You can vote, are you effing kidding me? You can vote, if the price is right, do so. At Sikharison Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bombers into the nation's capital tomorrow where the Red Blacks have lost quarterback Jeremiah Masoli to an Achilles. Winnipeg minus nine and a half on your Bodog line of the day. So... A lightning bolt out of the NHL today because we had all suspected that Tony D'Angelo was going to be traded back to the Carolina Hurricanes from whence he came, from Philadelphia. It was simply they had, a, they had to wait one year because Carolina retained money on D'Angelo. And so the rules mandate that if you do retain money on a traded player, you've got to wait a full year until he is reacquired. Right. So news of this trade broke a few weeks ago, even before the draft. And now it seems, doesn't seem, it is, scuttled. D'Angelo on waivers for the purpose of a buyout, unless, of course, somebody picks up the contract, which has one year left at $5 million. This is a 27-year-old right-shot defenseman with all sorts of offensive ability and mobility, and yet comes with a lot of baggage off of the ice. I'm... Uh... I'm going to be intrigued on the waiver wire here. Yes. I mean, everything about this says slam dunk acquisition for anybody. He's a $5 million a year mm-hmm. right shot defenseman who maybe in his sleep can get you 50 points in an 80 game well, season. Well, what were you telling me? He has yet to play uh, more than 70 games and he's averaging like 45 points over the last three years in a in a reduced function because he hasn't crested 70 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, two years ago, he's almost he's he's flirting with point per game sort of stuff. Like um, that tells you the character issues I think that people worry about with regards to Tony D'Angelo and the bad PR given some of his political stances um, that teams are unwilling to to take on because the price tag, mm-hmm. the contract situation, there is no reason why somebody wouldn't want the hockey player. Mm-hmm. The skill set on their team. But, of course, it's not as easy as that. 
in the case of the Vancouver Canucks, there's, I mean, a lot of things to like here. He's a top four defenseman. He's a right shot. Now, I'm not sure he's a fit with Quinn Hughes. No. I'm not sure you want two of that profile of defense because he's a smaller guy as well. No. Too much green light. On the ice. So if he doesn't fit with Hughes, then he has to fit with who? Carson Soucy? Yeah. I think you'd do something like that. Right. And so he's heroic with, with, uh, with Hughes would be what you do. And again, I'm not advocating for this, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying if it happened, that's the way it would go down. Yeah, and has bounced around his NHL career, drafted by Tampa, moved to Arizona, then the Rangers, then Carolina, Philadelphia, and we thought back to Carolina, um, but that doesn't appear to be happening. And it's funny because um, I got to say, Blake, Tomorrow's the midpoint of July, or this weekend's the midpoint of July. Mm-hmm. There are still an awful lot of names on the free agent list. Our friends at the Daily Hive and Offside, Rob Williams, put together a list of 13 unrestricted free agents that might interest the Canucks, including Pius Suter. We've talked about him, Max Comtois, Derek Grant, local boy. One-time second overall pick, Nolan Patrick. Uh, Jujar Kara, also local. Zach Aston-Reese, good defensive winger, right? Remember one time the sweepstakes for him coming out of college? Yeah. So you have that level of free agent. You have the Tarasenko-Kane level of free agent that is still out there, Dumba. And then you have all the trade candidates as well, which is several names in Winnipeg, several names in Calgary, Eric Carlson, Brett Pesci. There seems to be a fair amount of quality NHL player available here as we hit the midpoint in July. Yep, there's still some business to be conducted. It's a little sure, a little a reminiscent of, of the uh, Thomas Vanek summer. Remember, they, he wasn't the only guy Van, that year. The Vanek signed in September with the Canucks, September first. That mm-hmm. was a uh, that was a year where there was a lot of late activity, yeah. and so this is uh, well. We talked to John Shannon later in the show. He's got a theory. On where we're at here. Yeah, I don't mind it either. Yeah. I don't mind the theory. Yesterday's poll question. I got a huge response on this. Should JT Miller be considered for the Canucks captaincy? 3,100 votes plus here, Oof, Blake. 3,100. Yes or no? What won the poll? Um, I guess say yes won the poll. No. No. I went counterintuitive. 64% said no. We asked the question because Jason King gave us a very detailed an insightful answer about JT Miller's contributions on the power play. And I don't mean on the ice. I mean with Jason King devising structure and puck movement and asking questions and basically being the guy who helped refine this Vancouver Canucks power play to being as good as it is. And it's been very good uh, 11th, 9th, and 11th over the last three years. Some comments from voters, G says the easy answer is yes. Canucks fans have become soft and forgot the days of players who gave a shit, like Kessler, Burroughs. They enjoy the silent leader, like Bo was. Nux Puck says, consider it, of course. He's a leader, top scorer, and locked in for seven years. Should he be the one? Not in my opinion. Should go to Quinn. Level-headed and well-spoken on top of the elite skill. Calling out Pearson's situation last year convinced me he's ready and willing. Rick says, LOL, no chance. Just because he's passionate doesn't mean he's a good leader. You'll never see a captain mope around on the ice because someone didn't move him the puck fast enough. 
big amigo on YouTube. As far as I'm concerned, a guy who shows emotion, intensity, and holds others accountable should absolutely be considered. Mm-hmm. Where JT may need to improve is leading by example and letting his play do the talking, specifically in his own end. Yeah, fair. Everybody's going to have different views on on uh, a fiery attitude mm-hmm. like that. Hey, so there's some fans of of uh, at one point the Flames and now the Panthers that that, that even think that me you know, a guy like Matthew Kachuk is a little bit too exuberant yep. at times. You know, um, fifty five comments on YouTube. I, yeah. A lot of people had an opinion. Ryle says too much of a hothead. Jimmy says, makes sense. JT and Rick talking are tight. JT Miller will get 40 goals, score 100 next season, book it. I, I think that's the interesting thing. And the talk it angle. The talk it angle. I don't, I don't think talk it dislikes Pedersen or Hughes in the least, but I think he's got a special affinity for JT Miller, which may be a vote swinger uh, at some point down the road. Yeah, Billy on YouTube was followed that up. says, JT has similar qualities to talk it in foot and dragging the team into a fight. Yep. And that's fair. And that's those two guys. If you remember them as players, that's what they did. In fact, foot was right in the center of those absolute it'll be bloodbaths in- between the Avalanche and the Red Wings way back. It'll then. be interesting to see the collaboration on this between management and the coaching staff and kind of how yeah. they view who should be the leader of this group. Because you have the negotiation factor with PD dealing with management. And then you have the coaching staff. With with talk yeah. the old school you know rough around the edges well, type so and, and it's going to be interesting for me too Grady because and I could be wrong here we don't necessarily know all the happenings but Alain Vigneault was very much a that's their space that's their sanctuary yeah. I've got a strong captain in Henrik Sedin when they finally got to Henrik Sedin as captain leave him be not my place to go on in there and oversee. No, big separation of church and state. Yes, players, culture and meetings and atmosphere in that room. My sense is Willie Desjardins, Travis Green, even Bruce Boudreaux were along those lines. Blake, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't think any of them were pretty heavy-fisted with regards to room and culture. Talk, it strikes me as a little more involved, a little bit more of a micromanager in that regard. Well, I think uh, coming, uh, I mean, Green was recent too, but talk it is sip success and knows, uh, probably has a strong opinion of what got got him there. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, yeah, I think, I think we're very much following the talk it roadmap as he knows it here. Well, and, and Alvin uh, to I a think, degree too, because remember the first thing out of Alvin's mouth before even talk it arrived, he was talking about the culture, culture. of this team. Yeah. So I think they, so they both have, have a, it on their I mind. I think they have specific cultural needs yes. that they want to see develop this year now that finally everything is aligned yeah. as they would like and it. And the last captain learned under the tutelage of the Sedins. Right. Talk about very that much. Very much true. Although, I mean, if it goes the way of Patterson or Hughes, you could almost draw the line and say, well, they learned from Bo, learned from the Sedins. And, and the Sedins are around, too, are still there. The Sedins right, are around, yeah. too, and I, yeah. I don't think they they should be underestimated. I mean, obviously, the, the yeah. former Penguin crew is going to be more influential, but, mm-hmm. uh, hey, the Sedins are around fairly regularly now. Never know. New video released by the club from the draft floor in Nashville. And it shows Patrick Alvine turning to Todd Harvey, the director of amateur scouting, asking him, do you want to move down? It later becomes apparent that it's a two-place move down to number 13 from their original draft position and the draft position they held at number 11 with Buffalo. 
And they say no because they say they don't think he will be there. He being Tom Wielander, the right shot defenseman they got out of Sweden. So it sounds to me like the Vancouver Canucks had intelligence that they thought the Arizona Coyotes at number 12 were going to take Wielander. And we didn't think so on draft night. The Coyotes wound up taking Daniil, is it Boo or Butt, the Russian winger? I bet you it's Butt, but I don't know. Of course, Arizona took two gigantic Russians in the first round. So it sounded like there was enough concern at the Canucks draft table to think Arizona was going to pop on their guy, Wheelander, at 12. One would have, one concludes that Buffalo still would have taken Zach Benson. That Buffalo thought, oh, okay, maybe Arizona's going to take Zach Benson here. Can't resist the value. Let's get ahead of Let's get ahead of the Coyotes in the Canucks spot and take Benson. And, they're, they're, and we don't know too. what the return would have been, but the speculation is a mid-round draft pick. I know our Cam Robinson, draft insider, elite prospects director of film scouting, and J.D. Burke uh, have reported that the Canucks were also offered the opportunity to move down to 15 and pick up a mid-round draft pick from the Nashville Predators. I, I don't think that the Canucks... Um uh, there again, courages of uh, courage of convictions here for for the Canuck management group and wanting their guy. Curious thing, do you think do you think they have to phone the Sabers to say, hey, do you mind if we put this video out? Do you think they have to collaborate with the other team that's being involved here in the? Well, Brian Burke certainly didn't with the Canucks when they did a draft video true. all those years. Yeah, he that's right. So I wonder if that has been streamlined now. Um, I wouldn't think so, and I wouldn't think so because in this case. Buffalo got their guy, and they're so overjoyed to have gotten Benson at thirteen that you just you you make that executive decision. Well, they're probably happy with their frankly, guy. It makes Buffalo look I, good too. They didn't spend an asset to move up to get him. No, it's Ke- true. Kevin Adams, the GM, was a player in Carolina when Rutherford was there, so there could be that connection. Oh. Do you really think Arizona would have taken Willander after taking Simishev? Like. It would have set up their D for years to come, but uh, I certainly didn't think so on taking, draft day. Taking no, Danil so. was now, shocked everyone, of, so I wonder if like that was their guy. They were going to go with him. Now we don't know if they had him or Willander ranked above, but well, here's what I will say: we also have to consider other possibilities, and that is that someone was going to jump up to twelve, trade with the Arizona Coyotes, and take Wheelander there. There may have been intel on the floor Completely. that we have no Arizona idea. is willing to move down if the right guy is They've there. They've got a partner. They've got a partner who's willing to jump yeah, up. Totally so, true. Totally true. You because, know, some of these fun things about drafts that you'll never know. But Going with B-U-T, however it's pronounced, over Benson and Wheelander would have been a massive reach. Right? Single, like, single T. Like, that that I, I don't know. I, I I can't imagine that that would have been a courage of conviction pick for the Coyotes, regardless. I'm just disappointed that Boo or Butt didn't wind up in Montreal. Hey, le Boo. I, I don't think Russian vowel sounds and stuff. The rules of if he had been drafted by the Habs, he would have been Boo his whole life. Butte, <laughs> Daniel Butte. I'm gonna go with Butte. That's, that sounds very uh, hockey. That sounds very Vancouver, too. <laughs> <laughs> He's driving down in the West End. We have a ignominious record here in the Canadian Football League. Mm-hmm. Nice word. The Edmonton Elks lost their 20th straight home game last night to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And that's two-plus years in the Canadian Football League. We talked about it earlier in the week. 
Commonwealth used to be the fortress of fortresses. Like there were Eastern teams that had like 15, 20 year losing streaks in the Alberta capital. Very good franchise over the decades and very tough place to play. Usually big crowds, grass field back in the day, which was an outlier. Of course, cold in the later months. They have tied the big four North American Sports League record. And of course, the CFL doesn't belong there, but on the outside looking in for the longest home losing streak ever. Did you see this stat? No. They have tied the 1953 St. Louis Browns of Major League Baseball, a franchise that no longer exists. In fact, that was their last year in St. Louis. They moved to Baltimore the subsequent year, perhaps because they lost 20 home straight, 20 straight home games. Here's the thing. Edmonton's next home game, July 29th against the BC Lions. They got the bye. They'll be coming off the bye. BC on the bye here this week. Home next week to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Saturday. It's a 4 p.m. start. And then off to Edmonton on Saturday the 29th. Edmonton 0-6 on the year and carrying around this losing streak. Oh, Leos, don't be the team. No. And, of course, Edmonton would set the record alone, apart from the St. Louis. Such a trap game, though, right, for a team that's actually playing really well this season in the BC Lions is you know, like you do, you intellectually know if you have a B-plus game, you're winning the game. Yes. You know that. Like you may have a C-plus game and win the game. You're right. So that, that does mess with your effort level. It does because... You know that you can win this game. And you wouldn't think that's the case this early in a season, but they've lost every one. Yeah. And and substantially for the most part. Oh, yeah. they were dreadful. Yeah. I mean, like, they don't have a quarterback. It's that simple. You wonder if they're breaking off a call to McLeod Bethel. Oh, Thompson. you would think so. But uh if you're not if you're not uh into mm-hmm. Canada that much, mm-hmm. Edmonton your next stop. I'm just saying. If you're if you're a, a tried and true American and you really love America, I don't think your reasonable facsimile is Edmonton. Whitecaps with a big one tomorrow at BC Place against the LA Galaxy, the third game this week. So I do want you to talk to me a little bit about lineup here because you're at the stage here where you do have to worry about fitness and endurance and who can go. It's a winnable game. The Galaxy are one of the bottom feeders in the MLS West, and yet there will be a big part of the Caps missing. Well, yes, for sure. They've got two suspensions still this week. Um, Who's that? Matias Laborda still suspended because he incurred an automatic suspension with his first yellow two games ago on yellow card accumulation. But then he got the second yellow in the game, which got him a red card, which gives him another, another suspension. game suspension. So he's out, and so is Vanny. Vanny's Vanny. on yellow card accumulation, which... Uh, I, I, I was yesterday years old when I found out that a coach could accumulate yellows and be suspended. Minnesota had to uh, so go, who, go it alone last week themselves. So, so who coaches tomorrow? Uh, D'Agostino, I think. Mike D'Agostino would be my guess. I actually haven't heard that, but I just... I'm going to guess that it's uh, D'Agostino. Is Vanny allowed to communicate by electronic devices to the touchline? No. 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 But he's allowed to be up in the suite, which in some sports I don't think you're allowed to be in the building. Oh, we need a Vanny cam then. Yeah. Are you doing the game? Yep. 
Have you talked to our friends at Apple about a vanny cam? Well, they, they'll do. They just they, we just had it. Minnesota's uh, Adrian Heath was just suspended last week, and I mean him. He the shots of of Adrian all oh. game long were were. Uh, well, it was because a brutal game too. So I, I watch Vanny on the touchline. In fact, I find Vanny as entertaining sometimes as the play because he's always in motion. You can tell there's a bundle of nervous energy. All sorts of mannerisms are coming out when Vanny's pacing that sidelines. So that he would be this removed from the pitch. This is going to be good television. Uh, Vanny yesterday kind of joked. Probably best if we got this out of the way anyway, because I wouldn't want to be suspended down the stretch. Fair. Also fair. Yeah. This is the time to miss one. Yeah. So uh, I I don't love this. what I'm hearing about the availability of Ali Ahmed. It hasn't been ruled out entirely. Oh, but we had him on the show earlier this week. I know this Bruce Foot is uh, lingering here, so I don't know that he's necessarily at least a, a heavy minute option. I don't <laughs> think he's going to start, it'd be my guess. Uh, Julian Gressel is just, uh, we'll have to get word in training uh, today here, whether or not he's he's got gas left in the tank um, mm-hmm. after U.S. men's national team duty, and Javain's got a you know bit of a knock, I think, too. So the the guys come back from the Gold Cup are a little bit nicked. So the availability of all three of them is up in the air, I think. So mm. yeah, that's uh, seven thirty at BC Place, and as we have talked about, go on out and see the Caps now. Because there aren't a lot of home home games coming up the rest of the summer. Now they have one in August. That's it. Mm-hmm. When they come back from the League's Cup, they get one home right. match, and then that's it. So this is your, this is your penultimate summer they match. Have, they have the August twentieth against. Oh, that's just an MLS game. That's though, an right? MLS game. Yeah. No, they've got the League's Cup game versus Club Leon here. Yes. But in terms of MLS matches. When is the game against Club Leon now? Uh, the 24th? It's not on my schedule because I'm not doing the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... 21st, Friday, 21st, July yeah. 21st. Yeah. yeah, so three matches all summer long from here on in. Mm-hmm. Two league, one league's cup. So get on out and see them. Get on out and see the Vancouver Canadians, but you're going to need your tickets in advance. Plan accordingly. Set they're back after the all star break here. Yeah, they're 10 and 5 in the second half. They're 16 games over 500. They are dominating the Northwest League. Played golf yesterday with Canadian season ticket holder Andrew Schaefer, and he mentioned to me, he said, You know, they haven't actually had a bunch of guys called up this year as well as they've played. I think part of the reason why they've been this good is I think only a couple of pitchers have been called up to double A. They've been able to play with. Mm-hmm. You know, a pretty static roster by minor league baseball standards, and they've allowed guys to work their way out of work their work their way out of slumps. Deson Brown, the Canadian center fielder, for one; De Jesus, the shortstop, for another; Gonzalez, the uh, outfielder. Sorry, Martinez, the outfielder. And the other thing on the golf course yesterday uh, played with Mike Colleen, our old friend, CTV, CBC uh, news anchor. His son Ryan played with us, who's thirty, and he said every single time they have a home stand. Some friends in my group go that on the text chain, people are talking about, let's go to the Nat. We've told you, once the kiddies are out of school, it is a tough ticket. So plan accordingly, plan ahead if you want to go. Pretty much a daily festival over there. Yeah, it really is. Some call it Vancouver's best patio with live entertainment. It's a delightful place, part of our culture here in Vancouver.
in the summer. Let's get to today's menu brought to you by the Dutch. The breakfast, the brunch, the lunch. Get it all at the Dutch. We'll do some hashtags here, the best and worst of Twitter, including uh, the expanding Rivers family and burping and farting. John Shannon will join us, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. John's an Oliver BC boys. In fact, coming back home here next week for the BC Hockey Hall of Fame induction weekend. Illustrious class, Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith, Ronnie Patterson. Shout out Ronnie, Lonnie Cameron, former NHL official in the um, 2007 Vancouver Giant Memorial Cup team. Uh, talk to John about these rumors that are out there about an overhaul of the Hockey Night in Canada panel, as well as sort of a slower-moving NHL offseason that we referenced earlier. Another edition of S versus P, Sakaris versus Price. And you beat me last week, so 5-1-1 one, and one you are over the course of the year. Mm. I got to get a win again. I need your help, people. Vote for me. <laughs> Wow, just oh, flat out I, begging I, I'm for now votes. begging because I don't like my chance if wow. I fall five games back here. So I need your support. Oh, my gosh. He's crying. Today's golf report brought to you by the Arnold Palmer Design Whistler Golf Club. We've been telling you about all those client and buddy trips. But did you know the Whistler Golf Club, also the home of the Nike Pro Shop, featuring exclusive footwear and apparel worn by Tiger, Rory, Brooks, Scotty, Nelly, and more, and Palmer's Gallery Bar and Grill featuring one of Whistler's top 10 paths. You don't even need to golf. Just pull on up, head to the patio, get yourself a cold, refreshing beverage and a snack. Take a look at the proceedings. Very serene if you're visiting Whistler. For information, to book tea times, whistlergolf.com. I wanted to get to this item. I know the Scottish Open's going on. we got some... You know, pre-open championship tune-ups going on here, not to mention more, you know, legalities with the Live PGA Tour and the U.S. Justice Department coming down yesterday and saying, right. yeah, we, we, we don't like that part about your agreeing not to try and poach each other's players. That's uh, anti-competitive. But I wanted to get to this since it is All-Star Week in baseball and, and All-Star Week next week in the MLS, if I'm not mistaken. From Kyle Porter, covering golf at CBS, there's just no reason for golf to not have an All-Star weekend. Among the thousand different competitions you could do, matchups of players hitting as many 300-yard drives as possible in two or three minutes would be fun and compelling. Chipping, putting. Remember the old big break series on mm -hmm. Golf Channel, the flop shot over the... You know. What do you think? An all-star weekend for golf? Since we're reimagining the PGA Tour and men's professional golf anyways, Blake, would you get buy-in from the players? Particularly if it helped their player impact performance, that rating, which is very lucrative? Um, Yeah, you could do – boy, like – it's possible. You just have to gauge the buy-in because, I, mm -hmm. I don't know, golfers can be fickle with their schedules and family time and, and – um, it would it, be hard to do around a major because guys are a little more focused. Is that it? Well, I, I do like 
it is certainly for preparations. They're they're going to be more specific about what they want for preparations. Um, Player impact program. But maybe they want to stick around late after a major. Those guys are usually on the first flight out. Well, particularly if you miss the cut. Yeah. You would have to do it midweek in advance of a tournament. I think you have to do it sort of Tuesday, Wednesday. Of an elevated event, too, because you need the big names there. You need the big names there. You need some buy-in. What events would you want to see? Longest drive? Longest drive, for sure. Uh, Do you have a sand contest? I I I would want to see a longest putt. Like I'd I'd want to see them out there sixty seventy feet, and who's the first one to make a a bomb? I don't think you're going to get. Um, I don't think you're going to get a longest putting contest. You have to have a KP, right? Closest to. Yeah, you do part three KP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you do sort of a three point contest where you're not getting it into a hole, or you're getting into a bigger hole. Like they, they would have to do a. Into an actual golf hole, you're not getting enough in. I want to do a KP on a par three, and I want to do a drivable par four KP as well. Oh, that's asking a lot. Well, that's fun. Every um, course now has a drivable par four for these guys. I think it's possible. And you can rip away with impunity and call it practice. You know, you're figuring out your line for when the competition starts. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, I would hope. Because, again, we're reimagining this sport anyways. Let's have some fun. Let's do something all-star related. I like this idea better than any other live golf idea. (laughs) I like this idea better than team golf. Yes. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing Neighborhood Brewing Workshop Spirits. And the weather's getting a little cooler, but we're still pretending we're thriving in the summer. That summer heat. With workshop spirits, ombre margarita, hi there, hard lemon iced tea, and hi there, our peach iced tea will keep you feeling tropical all year long. End of the workday, treat yourself to a yellow dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, they've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious. Probably not. But I do know it was another WTF moment. My question to ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect... And I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger-painting with this team. It's like the running of the Bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here, right now. It is finally happening. Canada basketball announced its list of players for this summer's World Cup, and 10 NBA guys have agreed to play for their country. As Sportsnet basketball reporter Michael Grange wrote, it's the most pedigreed roster our country has ever assembled. This team should make noise down in Japan, Indonesia, and the Philippines next month at the FIBA World Cup. And who knows? We may finally get that David versus Goliath matchup against the mighty USA. This moment has been a long, long time coming for hoops fans in this country. 
We started talking about Canada's ascension in international basketball a decade ago when we first became aware of young Andrew Wiggins, Maple Jordan, as some called him. And after Anthony Bennett became the surprise first overall selection at the 2013 NBA draft. Ironically, neither Wiggins nor Bennett are on this team. And that speaks to just how good the country has been at developing young players. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jamal Murray. Boy, do we produce some hoopsers these days. Now, at the time, remember this, Blake, 10 years ago, we wondered. Basketball, soccer, tennis, golf. We were seeing signs of progress in all four sports in this country. Yeah. Canada make the biggest international splash. We've had moments in the other three sports, have we ever? Yeah. Bianca Andreescu, victory at the U.S. Open. Milos Raonic playing in a Wimbledon final. Davis Cup. Brooke Henderson, two LPGA majors. PGA Tour victories for the Abbotsford duo, Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin. And, of course, the rise of soccer, which included an Olympic gold for for the women. Christine Sinclair setting FIFA's all-time scoring record, a second-ever birth in the Men's World Cup, and the birth of our first men's superstar in Alfonso Davies, with apologies to Canadian Brit Owen Hargraves. As those sports rose, basketball floundered. At least our men's senior team did. A combination of weak commitments, poor leadership, ugly results. Remember the loss to Venezuela in the 2015 qualifier? And Wiggins played on that team. The loss here to Czechia and Victoria in the 2021 last chance Olympic qualifier. These were results where we very much underachieved. There are no more excuses now and fewer international sides to get in our way. This is Canada's time, and it's been a long time coming. That's welcome out for today. We invite your feedback. Feedback channels as follows on email live at scarcenprice.com. You can text 778 402 9680 is the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips, your local Great Clips, proudly Canadian-owned and operated. On Twitter, I'm at Sakaris, at Sakaris and Price. And the welcome at a presentation of Northlands Golf Course. It is in exceptional condition. Played it yesterday. It's Metro Vancouver's premier public golf course. You can book your tee times 90 days in advance. Join the loyalty program. Price your next round could be free. And don't forget to... Catch a drink on the patio. I believe the clean boys had a drink on the patio oh, last really? night post, nice. post round. Details, golfnorthlands.com. So here's some price from Wall Center. Presentation of the Applewood Auto Group. Hashtags is the best and worst of Twitter. It's brought to you by Jason Hominick of Jason Mortgage. And uh, what a wild, woolly world it is out there right now. There is no chance you could utter the words, I know everything about mortgages right now and be truthful right now because it's just too crazy. Jason Hominick, however, it's his life. You can feel sorry for him. Um, but he speaks the <laughs> he housing language. He does the language. dirty work that others don't want to do. Head to Jason.Mortgage. If you're mm-hmm. buying a house right now, renewing your mortgage, there needs to be a strategy for your particular situation. He'll listen to you and make it so. Jason.Mortgage. And I would invite everyone to follow him at Van Mortgage on Twitter. He put out a video yesterday in light of the uh, another rate hike. Yeah. rate hike from the Bank of Canada. Yeah, he's been making great content. Lots of informative videos. Uh, beautiful leafy backdrop, too. we got to get to Casa Hominick here. We should advertise somewhere. on his podcast. Absolutely. <laughs>
When is Susan going to allow us over? Uh, I'm going to start. Okay. At Samantha CP underscore, this is Sam from Broadscast. I'm not defending Gelchenyuk, but it is uh, interesting that damage to property and resisting arrest arrest results in a pretty quick termination of contract, unlike some other allegations where the league is like, oh, no, what are we supposed to do? Well put, Sam. Yeah, it's uh, it's peculiar. <laughs> it seems I mean, it's, it's peculiar for this sport, which is generally, uh, no, we're going to wait and see how this plays out kind of sport uh, just to kick cans down the road and avoid it. I think that's her point, though. It's a wait and see how this plays out when it involves a woman. Yeah. When it yeah. involves allegations of assault. But when it's traffic violations and with regards to the police there, I'll move on them quickly. Although there was something, wasn't there something in Vancouver with like Nachushkin or somebody? Um, and that sort of went away as well. Um, There's a lot that gets swept under the rug yeah. in this league. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's odd. At Ariel Helwani, <whistles> normally covering MMA, not so here. Holy smokes, this photo gives me chills. Canadian basketball fans have been dreaming of a team like this. Felt like it would never happen. Look at this squad. Finally, let's go Canada. The FIBA World Cup roster officially released. We teased it yesterday, and it is everything that you would want it to be. Uh, the only absentees are Lyles, Wiggins, and Thompson, really, in terms of the marquee names uh, for Canadian basketball in the NBA. But you can make the argument, certainly, that um, really Wiggins would be the only obvious one of, of, of that trifecta. Mm-hmm. Um, Some of the younger guys, too, like Sharp in, in Portland, um, the draftees this year. But for the most part, it's a pretty good list here. Um, it's 10 NBAers, Blake. The big, the big man role will be interesting like mm-hmm. you know how do you know do they, they need a, a full on center? is Zach Eady going to be all of a sudden like a starting center for this team well no I wouldn't think that um, because you got a Linux and Powell there um, and, and it's interesting because we're so accustomed to the NBA game now being effectively positionless basketball and just thinking back to that qualifier in Victoria against the Czech Republic where they lost, where the big man was a thing there. Like the Czechs had a big guy, yeah, and he affected affected the game. Um, I've already gone through uh, who I would start and how I would chop it up here because, well, one of the things that comes with having a lot of NBA stars on the team is hard decisions. Well, who's <laughs> gonna be who's gonna be on the ball? Who's gonna be your offensive option number one, right? And who are you surrounding them with? So and I don't. So who's your five? Well, Gilgis Alexander and Murray for sure. Of course, yes. I would go with a smaller lineup. I would go Lou Dort and Dylan Brooks. Brooks, because he's a defender and he does the dirty work and the and gets under opponent's skin, as we saw in the NBA playoffs. So does NAW. Yeah. Dort, because he is familiar with Gilgis Alexander. They play on the same NBA team, and he's also a good defender. And then I would go with Kelly as my starting center from Kamloops, Kelly mm-hmm. Olenek. And the reason I would do this, Blake, is because R.J. Barrett isn't a shooter, He's kind of redundant on the floor with Jamal Murray. And so I would want Barrett to be like the instant offense guy off the bench for you. 
play him in a backcourt with Corey Joseph, and you know Corey Joseph is just going to pass the ball, and RJ is going to be able to break people down. Uh, Powell comes in for Olenek. You know, Doy Powell's very athletic and run the floor and um, rebound and defend and all of that. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who can be sort of a... Uh, well, he was a big favorite of the departed head coach. That, that's the other thing is we don't know who will become favorites sad. of the new head coach, right? So, um, Edie, we'll I think you play when you're up against a big seven-footer who wants to play on the blocks. Yeah. Because that's more Edie's game than it is Kelly Olynyk's game, who is now effectively that stretch a big. reminder, folks, this is not an NBA game. Like this, this it, they just look different. They yep. feel different. They flow differently. So uh, guys like Olenek and Edie might have more success than they ever can dream of in the NBA. Well, right and Edie on the offensive end, like if your opponent doesn't have a seven-footer who can guard down low, then he can be a very useful piece for you. Yep. But I, I would think off the bench. You certainly don't want to be in any kind of a transition game with Zach Eady on the floor. He moves okay for 7-4, but, you know, it's 7-4. At TSN underscore sports. <whistles> Philip and Tiffany Rivers not only have you beat, they have you more than doubled up. Child number 10 is on the way for the NFL, former NFL quarterback mm. and his better half. 10, Blake. So one more and he's got a starting lineup. Right. <laughs> and he's already got the baseball starting lineup. Yeah. Yeah. And the DH. He's got a baseball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's getting close to a full NBA roster. <laughs> he is. Well, actually they're they're down to they're up to fourteen now, aren't they? So it's it's actually Can, Could you imagine ten? No, and I and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. No. That's too many. It's too many. You drew the line at four. Yeah. And I can honestly say I love them all the same. At ten you're going to have favorites. Like, there's going to be a power rankings, and I would have no shame about that. I would have a blackboard in the hall, and there'd be power rankings. Kids, we're going to compete for the affection of mom and dad and hope for no issues later. There's no way you've got the capacity to love 10 kids all the all this. There's no way. Wow. Well, or the or the ceiling well, for the love is, is lower. There's no way people in our line of work have the bank account to support 10. Wow. I mean, good thing you made that NFL money. Exactly. At at LET Golf, this is the Ladies European Tour. Hull of a round. Charlie Hull, who was all the rage last week at the U.S. Women's Open, um, quite a final round, quite a weekend to jump into contention. She fired a 68 today. That's five under par. It was par 73 for, for them on the Euro- Ladies European Tour. Fires a 68 that included a quintuple bogey 10 on the par 5 sixth and 10 birdies. So if she that is incredible. if she doesn't shoot the ten, if she merely pars that hole, it's a she's at sixty three. It's a ten under. So next time you have a blow up hole, remember, I still got this. It's a lesson to us all. The blow up hole happens to everybody, and you can still have a scorching round. My scorecard yesterday at Northlands: mm-hmm. 14, 15, 16, 3, 9, 3. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. Lastly, from me, at Awful Announcing, quote, someone told me who worked with Keith Jones, he has an inordinate amount of gas, lots of burping, lots of farting. The Flyers' new president and former NHL player and analyst became a topic of conversation yesterday on WFAN's morning show in New York 
with Boomer Esiason and Greg Giannotti. Giannotti reported they were talking about those Flyers PR folk who were caught on a hot mic talking about one of the questions that was mm-hmm. um, uh, posed to one of their additions this summer. Giannotti, someone told me he worked with Keith Jones. He had an inordinate amount of gas, lots of farting, burping. Boomer Esiason says, well, I'll text him. He texted Jones, did not get an immediate reply, so stay tuned for the conclusion of this story on the WFAN morning show. Journalism. That's right. We're at, at. Last one for me at Michael Singh 94. Toronto FC had a special visitor this afternoon, Pinball Clemens. Pinball spoke to the group about trusting in their process and about resilience and challenged them to sign a ball if they believe they can, quote-unquote, pull this off and that ball will travel with TFC the rest of the season. TFC mm-hmm. is in such dire straits, they are bringing in CFL motivational speakers. Wow, you could do a lot worse. As someone who spent some time around him, he's a special guy. He is. But he's because, got away with people. Because we know him. Can you imagine yeah. what Insigne and Bernadeschi are thinking as he walks in? Mm-hmm. Who? He did what? Where? I don't know. I like it. I think he'll get him going. He's pinball, after all. Remember he won the Grey Cup over Wally and the Lions in 04 as the head coach? And I'm not sure pinball coached a single segment of practice that week because the thing about pinball, he is so in demand and he's always late because... Everywhere he goes, he talks. People stop him, yeah. and Michael has time for everybody. Yeah. So, like the Great Cup coaches press conference, it was like while he's sitting there, and you're going, "Okay, pinball will probably be another 10, 15 minutes." Why? He can't get through a hotel lobby without stopping and talking to people. I'm gonna smile at something else, and that's hashtags for today. Carson Price from Wall Center and a presentation of the Applewood Auto Group. And Applewood Kia has stock coming in on the brand new 2023 Kia Nero EV. That's right. EVs in stock. You can get 6.49% up to 84 months. In today's world, it's not bad at all. The premiums starting at 44.9 all the way to the limiteds at 52.9. Go check out the Kia Nero EV at Applewood Kia because it's all good at Applewood. I saw you checking out those Neros. Bodog poll question today. Should the Canucks be in on Tony D'Angelo? You can vote absolutely. You can vote, are you effing kidding me? Or you can vote, is the price if the price is right? Is the price ever right? Familiar with that sentence mm-hmm. on this show. Mm-hmm. Do so at some Price on Twitter. Bodog your source for casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds, Bodog line of the day from me. Bodog is offering NHL futures where Connor McDavid is even money to win the Hart Trophy next year. He won't be even money when they start playing the game, so get at him on your Bodog line of the day. Joined now by the pride of Oliver, British Columbia. He's the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, the co-host of the Bob McCowan podcast. Welcome back to John Shannon here on Sakaris and Price. How you doing, my friend? I'm great, Matt. Hey, Blake, how are you? I'm glad you uh, glad to hear that you uh, had some time in the old hometown. You know, the official wine capital of Canada. And, uh, mm-hmm. and just uh, you know, for the record, um, 
I have not picked grapes in Oliver. Uh, I have been able to imbibe a bit in Oliver, and I oh, just a bit. I yeah. got a couple of favorite little wineries mm-hmm. up Road Three B, and uh, life is pretty good. Well, it was my first time at the District Wine Village in Oliver last Saturday, and wow, what a fantastic facility! That is. what a fantastic concept, you know, to have those different wineries and. And uh, breweries, and you know, surround them by waiting yeah. pools and fountains and things like that. And we'll, tell them we'll tell them we'll tell the red carpet for you because you're on your way, aren't you, for a Hall of Fame weekend? Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get on an airplane on uh, on Wednesday and uh, spend four or five days uh, back home. Uh, hit probably uh, start at Predator Ridge and work my way south to Fairview Mountain. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Very nice. Uh, well, you can't beat British Columbia at this time of year, so enjoy it, John. Well, it's As, always good to come home. Yeah. Um, we have some big questions for you on the broadcast side. First of all, all these rumors swirling about about the Hockey Night in Canada panel, and I think people looking at Roger's takeover of Shaw and what that's going to mean for staffing levels. Across. But the rumors are unfathomable in, 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 in some cases, like mm-hmm. BXL. Like, come on. What are you hearing? Well, I'll I tell you what. Um, I, I feel awful. And, and, and you know, I know that you think that I'm an insider on this stuff. Um, these people are my friends. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. I mean, Jennifer Botterill lives around the corner from me. I see her. She's jogging. I'm walking every day. And I, I, I'm, I'm in shock. And for someone who has uh, been publicly removed from my position multiple times, this is not a fun time to be in this business. This is not a fun time to be reading rumors and innuendo on a daily basis. And right now, I can only tell you that it's rumor and innuendo. And I, mm-hmm. I just, I feel terrible for all of those names. I feel terrible for the for the staff. You know, what what Rogers and Shaw are doing corporately is totally different than the human aspect of people in our industry. I don't have to tell you guys what it's like i don't have to tell you guys what it, when you when you when you get when you get fired mm-hmm. when you get fired how you walk down the street and people look at you like you have six heads it mm-hmm. is not fun and i just uh, my you know i i'm i'm <laughs> i'm not a very emotional guy about things but i'll tell you what my heart breaks for these people right now whether it happens or not what they're going through today yeah. is absolutely embarrassing, and I'm sorry that they're going through it. It's funny, when uh, when we got canned or when 1040 changed formats, I, I mean, hundreds of messages came in in all different formats, and eventually you know, I got sick of reading the question, how are you holding up? I went, no one's died here. <laughs> I'm holding <laughs> up. Okay. Anyways, uh, well wow. put, John. Um Hey, tell me, you are an insider on this. At These the... people are good people. Yes, These people are good people, and you know, and and you know anybody, and you know, I'm so pissed off at Howard Berger for writing what he wrote. That you know, there are some things. There are some things that should be left private. And that should be left. Well, right. and if there, I mean, I can't imagine there's a shred of truth to it because it's just, it's just it just doesn't make any sense in in, in a lot of cases. Well, but if if it is true, my goodness, they better they better act soon. You know, Blake, Blake, I don't, I don't even, Blake, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't even want to go there. Well, I, honestly, yeah. I don't even want to so go there. Let me play devil's advocate reluctantly here and just say, 
when you do get a corporate merger of that side and in today's media environment, is it is it appropriate to wonder whether changes are coming oh, to your sure. favorite television you risk show, changes for given sure. what we have seen in this industry over the last you, you five risk changes for years, sure, but not I the mean, face of the show. I, I can understand why people think that. I can understand why people worry that. Um, and in this market, of course, John, particularly Kevin Bieksa, who's a beloved former Vancouver Canuck and who is absolutely mm-hmm. a natural as he should be. on that panel. I mean, Kevin Bieksa is as good a studio analyst in a short period of time as I can recall in any sport. Yeah. I can't imagine it. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine it. No, Kevin's done a good job. Kevin has worked in, you know, and, and Kevin has a, Kevin has huge potential, yep. you know, Kevin's and I, and I. I don't want Kevin to be mad at me, but Kevin has probably greater potential as a broadcaster than <laughs> <Bill> <laughs> <Bill>. <laughs> and he was a heck of a player too. But so. but that said, this is this this is this is the dark side of social media, mm. mm-hmm. and I just I, to me it just it, yeah. It sickens uh, me. Also, the dark side of what's happening uh, in the media landscape these days. Um, let's get on to yes. a better news yep. story then. Yep. Uh, Vancouver Canucks color commentary for next season. Do you have any updates? Have you heard anything there, my friend? I don't. I, you know, I, I did talk to some people at, at Rogers last week, and they said they were very comfortable with where things are progressing. Um, oh. And uh, so, who knows? Again, the the secrecy of what has gone on and what's going on. I know that, uh, you know, the Canucks brass are in marketing meetings uh, at the NHL in Los Angeles next week. Uh, so that uh, things are, are progressing. You've seen them hire people on the social media side. Everybody understands that and w- what the Canucks are doing. But uh, I am told that uh, sooner or later it will be in hand and uh, with that uh, those of us that care about these things shouldn't be too concerned with the, with the outcome. When did you usually like to have all this sort of stuff set, just to be uh, at ease for the upcoming season? When, like, when was the drop dead day? Could you go right to September 15th with negotiations, or did you like this done by Labor Day? Uh, you know what you did was for the most part you uh, you hoped that everybody was put in place by the time you decided to take that five day trip to Penticton, you know. So so <laughs> right. so, so, yes. so so you, you you know what happens, Blake? You know the the Stanley Cup playoffs are a sixty day journey. You add the draft to that, you add free agency to that, you're exhausted. But you owe it to your staff, you owe it to your people in order to get everything done and put in place so they can actually enjoy the To get the a little work too. out of the way. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Get, get work out of the way and then take time off. Um, so you, yeah. you wanted everything done by the 15th of July, which is about right now. Get everything done, mm-hmm. yeah. then take a couple weeks, and then come back August 15th and and get right back into it and... Uh, you know, create your conversations the I's with and cross the leagues. The T's then, yeah. yeah but everybody, but but so yeah. that and and from a personal perspective, and you guys have lived this. From a personal perspective, when you hire somebody, their husband or their wife doesn't turn and say, "Where? What are we doing next year? Do you have a job?" And you you put right. those yes. you put those fears in place. You get rid of those, and then you're then you're in a much better shape for, to have a, a quite an enjoyable summer. Do those questions happen, John? I wasn't aware of those uh, sort of conversations. <laughs> I've never had those before. <laughs> all, all I know is there there used to be an environment where you had multi-year security, um, which seems to be <laughs> another that is. 
uh, well, thing it, of the past. Uh, but look at it this way, guys. Uh, it could, between the, the show that you you do and the show that I do on a regular basis, uh, we don't have to worry about really having bosses anymore. And yeah. that is, there, there is an upside to that. There is, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the, the, you know, <laughs> the organizational chart is pretty flat <laughs> where I work yeah. now. And it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. The problem, John, is that there's only one or two people to blame and they're in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, or if you read there's social a lot media. more work. Or if you yeah. read social media, man, that was an awful interview you did yesterday. Oh, sure. Oh, I'm sick. <laughs> Daily, buddy. Daily. I was talking to someone recently who's sort of newer to the public eye and social media and just couldn't believe what was going on. And I said, yeah, well, we've lived this for some time This now. is This is the wild, wild west, man. It is the <laughs> wild, wild west. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about today's NHL topic du jour. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, he's no longer being traded back to the Carolina Hurricanes, as we suspected from Philadelphia. <laughs> they put him on waivers, and it looks like this is going to a buyout. Uh, know anything about how this came off the rails? No, although, I, you know, what I would say is that, uh, you, you know, I, I, I think that what we're seeing now in, in Philadelphia, because I have a tremendous amount of respect for Danny Briere and, and Keith Jones is I think we're, we're steep into a learning curve and we're so who, who wants to be a Philadelphia flyer? Is there an image to be a Philadelphia flyer? Does he fit into what we want? Does he fit into what Jordan Tortorella wants as a coach? You know, and I, I think that that's, I, I think that, you know, when, that when you look at what buyouts and numbers are, I mean, look what Arizona did yesterday. Well, Alex Galchenyuk, when they realized uh, the issues that he had, uh, off ice and driving his car in Scottsdale and they thought they should cut their losses quickly. That's what has to happen, I think, in this day and age, particularly with that infamous flat cap that we're dealing with for at least one more year. Does D'Angelo get picked up pretty quickly, though? I mean, as much as he's uh, an interesting, uh, and that's putting it uh, politely, cat off the ice, um, he's a heck of a hockey player. Is it going to be too tantalizing for people to turn away from? There will be somebody. There'll be somebody. Yeah. The question is: is is um, will there be a bidding war? You know, will they end up having some leverage and um, and 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 finding a place that actually says that here's what we need and here's what we want? You know, it's it, it's it's very it's a it's a strange time right now on so many different levels uh, for a guy like Tony. Who you're right. I mean, I remember him playing in Sault Ste. Marie and what a talent he was way back then, and what he can what he does with the puck. Um, and again, it, it, it goes back to that social media world. If we didn't know yeah. what he was like as a social mediaist, social median, a social mm. meteor, anyway, <laughs> we didn't know what he was. Uh, I, I think that there would be a lot of people saying, well, he's a good hockey player and, yeah. and, and, and he's, and he can help a team and he can certainly help a power play. Uh, there'll be somebody that'll, uh, will need him and pick him up. He, and they'll also be, magically- be, no, but Blake, there'll be a couple of guys that said that we can fix him. You know, we can make him yeah. better, you know, and that's well, that, the, that's always the case. Yeah, the other thing, John, he's just that he's that magical position, that right shot defenseman. I mean, yeah. if, if he was anything else, if he was a left winger, I think he has a lot harder, uh, you know, time latching on. Yeah. He's, a, he's, the, he's the unicorn. So that's, that's somebody's going to take a chance on him for sure. Yep, you're right. Uh, Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson is certainly the big name out there, but there are others as well. And, and most notably, um, We've seen both Calgary and Winnipeg make a big trade to Foley and Calgary's case and uh, Dubois and Winnipeg's mm-hmm. case, but there was a pretty long list of names on both organizations that are apparently on the block here. 
do you believe the Flames and Jets are done here? Are you at all surprised that we haven't heard more from these Western Canadian franchises by mid, mid-July here? I think, uh, by the way, I, I think we're seeing, and don't laugh at this, I, I think we're seeing right now, as we speak, a little bit of COVID hangover. And when I say COVID hangover, I think people have had to take a step back. And I'm talking about managers and coaches and, and people in front offices say, you know what, we just need a break. We've been going for how many years now? Um, and, you know, the, the, the things that we've had to manage, we just need to get away from it now for a, a couple of weeks. Uh, so I, I expect things to accelerate probably around the 1st of August. And, and things get done around 1st of August once we get through arbitration. And, you know, I mean, all the guys you're talking about, they're still under contract. They're going to they're gonna be invited to camp whether they get traded or not. Connor Hellebuck is going to be a Winnipeg Jet until the Jets decide he's not a Winnipeg Jet. Uh, so with Mark Shifley. Uh, same thing with Elias Lindholm in Calgary. So I, 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 I don't, I think that there's urgency for an agent. I think there's urgency perhaps for a player. But, you know, there's no urgency for the team because they can trade them anytime they want, um, whether it be the summer, whether it be the start of the season, whether it be until March. Or they could do something really outrageous and run the risk of, of losing him if after a season mm-hmm. of, uh, of his last year of his contract. So I don't think that Kevin Sheveldayoff and Craig Conroy are in that urgent moment right now. And I think they're just taking time because they don't like what they're hearing back from teams. So they'll just they'll, they'll play it out and see what happens. Does the same apply to Conroy in Calgary that applies to Jones and Breer in Philadelphia? The learning curve and feeling their way through the new job. Well, Craig's been in that organization now for eight or nine years. Craig's been sitting at the at 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 the right knee of Brad Treliving for a long period of time. I think he's been much more active in the management of that hockey club than Keith, who you know again good friend, but has been in the broadcast booth and has looked looked back at hockey ops. Danny Briere has learned the job, but I I think that they're not nearly as advanced, in my opinion. And I think they're great people and will do a good job, but they're not as far advanced as Craig Gonroy and his knowledge of what to do with his organization. Lastly, John, we introduce you as the co-host of the Bob McCowan podcast. In recent weeks, it's been the host of the Bob McCowan podcast. I'm pleased to see you continue, but of course, our big concern is for Bob himself. How, how's he doing these days? Well, for, for, first of all, nobody wants Bob McCowan to host the Bob McCown podcast more than me. Yes. I mean, um, yeah, we're still doing it. Uh, We're contractually obligated to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been able to have some solid guests and some solid co-hosts, including a couple of legends, guys like Dave Hodge, uh, who hosted for a a week. Mm -hmm. But uh, Bob is home now after 17 or 18 days in hospital. He has been rehabbing in hospital in, in Mississauga. Um, but it's going to be a, a struggle. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, gonna, he, he's improving, but it's slow. And, you know, Bob, you guys both know Bob. You know, patience is not necessarily a word in his vocabulary. <laughs> and Bob is going to have to be patient and he can't cheat the therapy. Uh, and our hope is he's back a lot sooner than, than people expect. He's, his voice has come back. He's starting to walk a little bit better. Um, he's certainly pointed mm-hmm. in the right direction. And, and by the way, anybody who, the, the, the outpour, I think he's been f- 
flabbergasted with the outpouring of support. And yeah. I can't speak for him, but I know that it's been a, a real thrill for him. The people have said that they, they miss him and love him and, and want him back. Yeah, uh, Bob in Toronto, Dan Russell out here, the two godfathers, I think you could say, uh, of sports talk in Canada. Um, give him our best. I sent him a note. I said, hurry back. Shannon needs you. So, um, <laughs> Actually, I sent that note too. <laughs> <laughs> John, thanks for this. Have a marvelous weekend. We'll catch up next week when you're uh, here in our province. I'll probably be in about the 14th hole at right. uh, Fairview when you call me. It will yeah. be a beautiful view for our YouTube <laughs> watcher, our viewers. Thank you. And, and and by the way, the ball always breaks to the valley. It does. <laughs> you learn that quickly at Fairview. Cheers. Harrison Price from Wall Center, presentation of the Applewood Auto Group. And this is SV, our weekly debate segment. You sounded unsure of the title of no, the no. segment. No, no. Okay. You're good. Us versus P. And uh, it's coming to my attention, I uh, shortchanged myself in the opening block today. Grady Sass, mediator Grady Sass. I lost the Twitter vote last week, but I won the YouTube vote. Is that right? Really? Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Oh, so another draw then. You, yes, we have a draw. 57 to 26 on YouTube in favor of Matt, oh, who wow. argued keeping Tyler Myers. I throttled you. And then on Twitter, 70% were in favor of Blake. But that's mm. a way bigger sample size. Why are we giving equal votes Be- here? Because... We, we decided it's the U.S. You have to win both platforms. Exactly. The Senate can override the House. This is like electoral college bullshit here that those are considered Listen equal. Listen to the whining. He's 4-1-2 and two and he's whining. Wow. Okay. Today's question, we're asking you, will the Vancouver Canucks be more entertaining this coming season? Blake is going to argue yes. I am going to argue no. Two minutes per argument. And once again, we ask people who are going to vote here, be it on Twitter or on YouTube, to set aside your personal biases. We're not asking for your own opinion here. We're asking you to evaluate the arguments and who made better ones. Right. Mediator Grady Sass presiding. Mm. Uh, Well, who goes first? Well, um, I think you should go for this first okay. this time. Yeah, you yeah. went first last time. Yeah. It's fair, it's fair. All right, Matt, mm-hmm. your two minutes starts now. I just spilled water on myself. Can we start the two minutes over? I need to get in the right. <laughs> oh, you're See, a veteran to, savvy broadcaster you with you would have you, just YouTube folks let it that. run off your back. I, I just go. needed. I just want to make sure I wasn't All parched. Right. Enough of the stalling. Okay. All right. Have at her. January 22nd, when Bruce Boudreau was fired, otherwise known as the day the music died. Rick Tockett took over. He started preaching heavier hockey, a more defensive game system structure. You know all those words that don't exactly equal fun. Gone was the fire fire wagon hockey, the comebacks, the blown leads that marked the Boudreau era because the Canucks simply don't have enough offensive talent throughout the Line up to make that system work. Talkett identified that. So here comes the defensive system. Not to mention, last season featured a magnificent 
half season from Bo Horvat. You remember that 31 goals, 49 games? Remember we were all talking about him getting to 50 or more goals? And look, great as Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko are, neither of them broke 40 last year. And will their shooting percentages maintain? Kuzmenko shot 27% last year. Not likely. That means fewer goals. Fewer goals means less fun. This offseason, it didn't move the needle a millimeter when it comes to production. Carson Soucy and Cole Teddy Bluger, they combined for eight goals last year. Eight! Look, you can argue that healthy seasons from Thatcher Demko and Ilya Mikheyev will make the Canucks more competitive next year. And I think that's very fair. Mikheyev, a very good penalty killer. Demko, of course, at the back to save everyone's bacon. But I don't think he'll be as busy as he was in previous years, those 40 save efforts, because that's what Talkin is here to do. Implement a system that improves the club defensively, keeps, keeps the scores lower, and theoretically leads to more wins. And I do think the Canucks will win more games but there'll be more mud puddle than oil painting. In the nick of time. Felt long. Hmm? Felt long. Well, we, 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 we restarted, Blake. So. That was your one mulligan. If you ever try to pull those type of excuses on me again, you got two minutes when I say you have two minutes. If you pour water on yourself, that's a you issue. That's not my problem. Hmm. So, noted okay. for Ready next to roll time. here? Yes cup appears to have a leak all right blake have at her coming down in three two so hold on he one. can count himself down but you count me down what's going blake, on here i asked when for the two minutes starts the two minutes he didn't give me a countdown precisely yeah you need a countdown now do you three two and one uh last i checked and i could be mistaken they're the Canucks didn't exactly get a unit of six Craig Ludwigs on the blue line this summer. Last I checked, the guys that they did bring in recently, Philip Ronick especially, moved the puck and help offense. Heck, according to Fresh Hockey, Ian Cole is in the 66th percentile for offense. Even Susie rose to the 50th percentile in offensive impact. Teddy Bluger is really the only suboptimal offensive player that they acquired, but he's long been suspected of having more to give there, and he may get more chances than ever here in Vancouver, given their need for him to be a third-line guy. This team, even with Tockett in the second half, was still in the top half of the league at almost 3.3 goals per game. Horvat left, yes, but Bovillier came in and scored when he came back, and there were just as many underachieving scores for the season as there was overachieving. There might not be a deep roster uh, might not be a deeper roster of potential 20-goal wingers in the league than the group in Vancouver, who legitimately have six to eight wingers that if they scored 20 would surprise no one. And just because Rick Tockett will be preaching board battles and tougher play doesn't mean offense will suffer. Heck, even with a dreadful roster, Tockett's Coyotes averaged 2.6 goals per game. Surely he can accomplish much more than that with this group. And now remember, this isn't to say that they're perfect. No, 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 no. They're not. They have lots of holes. And guess what holes means? Entertainment. Mistakes are entertainment. Their deepest positions look entertaining. Their question marks make for entertainment too. The Canucks will continue to get your attention. 
The Canucks have eight wingers. Hey, 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 there's no bonus time. There's no, there's no bonus time. I'll take the Price family there's no to the French Riviera. Bonus time. All right, everybody. You know the exercise now. If you're watching on YouTube, vote. If you're listening, head to Twitter and vote at Sakarison Price. A reminder: if you're are if you are on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Follow on YouTube. Check out the show. Leave a comment. Good luck. Don't need it. Here's some price from Wall Center. You can text us 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips. It is going to be great. Let's litigate some errors and omissions from yesterday's mm. program. I'm on the list a couple of times here. Um, shout out to listener Drew. Pointed out on Twitter, Roberto Luongo is not yet in the ring of honor. He is slated for induction right. this upcoming season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I suspect against the Panthers in December. And then uh, I called it SAG-ATRA. SAG-AFTRA. I guess I just got confused. No, it, it used to be ATRA. Did it used to be? Yeah. I see it now, AFTRA. Yeah. So. Uh, here in BC, it's ATRA. I guess that's oh, the okay. Canadian version. Ah, Okay. Yeah. Nevertheless, it's the American side that right. is striking. Yeah. So, AFTRA. He's nose within the body of he's mm-hmm. nose. Grady, I understand we have uh, others. Uh, no, not really. No. Mm. Um, upon further. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. Investigation. Oh. You've been Dictator let off the hook. He, he was away yesterday. I think he was going to get up into T-Mart's grill here, but he has chosen otherwise, yeah. probably for political purposes. Wise, 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 wise. Don't want to get on the wrong side of T-Mart. There'll though. be no further comment ah, at this time. Okay. You'll sort it yourselves, will you? Last line of a PR release. Yeah. Bodog line of the daytime with Blake Price. Bodog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. So you like what you got. We mentioned that Whitecaps Galaxy match. Well, here's the thing. Galaxy... Four draws in their last seven matches. Now, they're unbeaten in their last seven. They're going to be a tough opponent, way tougher than it looked like on the schedule two months ago. But they, Are they playing their third game in a week as well? Everybody's been busy this week, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to call the draw. For Whitecaps purposes, I yeah. hope it's not true. Plus 320 on the draw. Galaxy have been finding a way to get results. On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder to subscribe to us and Rinkwide wherever you get your podcasts. And please follow us on Twitter, Insta, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Threads. Please support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Have a great weekend and keep it local.